Welcome to Talking Bulls, episode 12. Welcome to Talking Bulls, episode 12. I'm back for another round. This is your host, Kenyatta Wright. We have a lot of things to talk about today, and we have a lot of good news. Possible going to get another coaching staff. Jim Boylan is on his way out the door. And the players don't vouch for Jim Boylan. We'll be back after this. How do you feel about the Bulls? How would you like to be on our show, Talking Bulls, and give your thoughts on the team? Send us your emails at talkingbulls82 at gmail.com. Send us your requests. We'd be glad to hear from you. So Joe Cowley was on 670 The Score, a radio show I believe is in Chicago, Illinois, a very popular show in Chicago, and he basically was on that show saying that the head coaching coaching change will take place and is inevitable according to the front office. The entire coaching staff, in fact, is already looking for new jobs. This is the report I read on Chicago Sun-Times. Now, everybody know I don't like Joe Cowley, if you've been following me um, through Bulls Connect and you've been following me through the years on Bullseye. Everybody knows that I don't take anything that Joe Cowley says seriously. But in this instant, based on all the reports that I've been reading uh, all offseason, based on the fact that the front office wants to bring in you know, their buddy, Adrian Griffin, who has a connection with Arturis and Eversley, that came in from Philadelphia to become the new general manager. Both of these guys have connections with have connections with Adrian, Adrian Griffin. So it's what we're having here is another buddy buddy situation, which I'm not a fan of. But Arturis has been saying the right things. He has a, a nice background, you know, winning in Denver and all of the accomplishments that he accomplished in Europe. And I just tr- I just trust this guy. I don't know what it is about him other than his background, but he just takes me as somebody that's sincere and that's serious about building a team. And we haven't had an individual like that in a long, long time in Chicago. Uh, basically, guard packs were just trying to grab draft picks and were trying to put butts in the seats with draft picks, and I knew that wasn't going to work long for the long term. And it did. And kudos to the fans out there that stopped going to the games because I've been preaching and preaching and preaching for years, and I actually opened petitions for, for both fans to join them. And some of you did join them, some, some of you didn't. But in the end, you know, we have a new coaching staff on the way, if the reports are correct, which I think they are. And it's going to be new blood in Chicago. It's going to be a new beginning, you know. Uh, and it's crazy because we haven't really seen, because let's let's be honest, we have some talented players. Zach Levine, uh, former dunk champion. We have a couple seven uh um, first round picks at 7th and Wendell Carter Jr. and Kobe White. 
we have Laurie Markkinen, the overseas star that came in and had a lot of promise. So, you know, I don't want Bulls fans to, to think, you know, just because this team performed horribly, you know, throughout the years that we don't have talent. What you got to realize is that coaching is a huge thing. Player development is a huge thing. And these players have not been developed. They haven't been taught how to play the right way. All I've been seeing all season is a bunch of isolation basketball. And that's just not going to cut it. And the only reason why we really got any wins and the only reason why Jim Boylan was looking good this season is because of Kobe White and Zach Levine, their ability to take over a game. Kobe White, man, um, man, the guy has just been brilliant this year. You know, that back-to-back 33-point -back game he had was the first, you know, since uh, Michael Jordan. So just to give you an idea, and this guy also broke Michael Jordan's record at, at North Carolina. Everybody already knows about that. So we have a special kid there. But back to the coaching staff, um, Jim Boylan has not really proved anything to me based on his in-game adjustments, um, based, on, um, based on the plays that he draws up at the end of games, based on his adjustments, you know, game to game after the Bulls have put out a poor performance. I haven't really seen any change in Jim Boylan. And I don't think we're going to. That's why I'm okay with this decision. And when Jim Boylan first came, man, I I basically trusted him. You know, same way I'm trusting Arturis. Maybe I shouldn't have. And maybe I shouldn't trust Arturis either. You know, because it's one thing to have a nice background, but you have to carry that success to a new team. And you have to put your stamp on that new situation. And Jim Boylan won... You know, back-to-back -back titles with the Houston Rockets as an assistant. He won a championship with the San Antonio Spurs in 2014 as an assistant. But, you know, he also believe he was a part of the Rockets team in where Tom Thibodeau was an assistant on that team. I believe he was also a coach on that team. But what I'm trying to get at is that your experience alone um, doesn't tell the whole story. Um, and it definitely doesn't tell the whole story to be a head coach. You know, there's a difference between being an assistant and being a head coach. Now, when we brought in Tom Thibodeau back in, what was, what was that, I believe, 2010, Tom Thibodeau came in here and led the Bulls to the best record in the NBA for back-to-back -back years. And as a result, he was named Coach of the Year in 2011. And... He was able to make that transition from assistant to head coach, but there was still a lot of things that Tom Thibodeau did wrong, you know, that showed you that he's still, you know, at the assistant level. Um, not giving the players rest, you know, running the players down, you know, um, Derrick Rose in the game. In game one in the 2012 NBA playoffs against the Philadelphia 76ers with a minute 15 seconds left in the game, he still has Derrick Rose in the game with a 15-point lead. And as a result, everybody knows the rest. Derrick Rose ended up getting injured and was never the same play again. So it was successful with Tom Thibodeau, but there was a lot of down, down points with him. 
And it was the same thing with Jim Boylan. But you see the difference between Jim Boylan and Tom Thibodeau. Tom Thibodeau won. So we can't really say too much bad about Tom Thibodeau. But, you know, Jim Boylan has not been able to make that transition from assistant coach to head coach. And the last time I checked the uh, the stats, um, even Fred Hoiberg had a better winning percentage than Jim Boylan. I believe by 200 you know points percentage that he had uh, better than Jim Boylan. And I never thought anybody would be worse than Jim Boylan. I thought Jim Boylan was the absolute worst. Um, you know, basically he was just running plays for guys to shoot. And we were not playing any type of defense at all. And I was just glad that era was over. So now we got a new era. And the good thing about this situation is we're not going to have a coaching staff and a front office that's clashing with each other. Arturis brought in Mark Eversley. And he's having a history with Mark Eversley as well. So these guys are familiar with each other. And they're both good at scouting. So they'll be able to bring in some players that are really talented. They'll be able to bring in some uh, players that we probably never heard of. And they're going to be on the same page. So it's, it's very uh, vital that we get a new coaching staff in here. And that's what they're going to do. Because we got to have the coaching staff, the general manager, and the vice president all on the same accord. You know, for us to have change in Chicago. When we come back, we're going to discuss the players giving Jim Boylan a bad reference right after this. You listen to Talking Bulls. Hey, Bulls Nation. Talking Bulls is the new wave, the podcast that speaks the truth to loyal Bulls fans. We'd be honored to hear your thoughts on the Bulls. Shoot us your comments to this podcast on Twitter at TalkingBulls82. Follow us at Spotify and Talking Bulls Facebook group. We're back on Talking Bulls. So the players, Rip Jim Boylan, um, Arturis, uh, the vice president, Executive Vice President of Basketball Operations with the went to the players apparently and asked them about Jim Boylan and basically wanted some feedback on him. And from what I heard, uh, there were some players that said some positive things about him, and there were players that didn't say too much good things about him. And from what I'm hearing, what they heard from the players that didn't say something good about Jim Boylan. It's holding more weight. Now, I'm going to take a wild guess of who these three players are. Zach Levine, Laurie Markkinen, and Denzel Valentine. Now, we've all been following the season, and we know that we already know about Zach Levine and, and Jim Boyle and I having a good relationship. And we already know that Laurie Markkinen has voiced his opinion about being traded if uh, changes didn't occur. And we know how comfortable he has been in Jim Boylan's uh, offense. Or his numbers are down um, since he uh, started playing for Jim Boylan. I believe uh, his numbers went down from 18 points per game to 14 points per game. 
and his rebounds went down from nine rebounds per game to six rebounds per game. Uh, he's been shooting miserably in this system, and I would guess he's not going to say anything good about Jim Boylan. So we, I definitely would have him as a candidate that would say something bad. And we already know about Zach, and Zach has been showing frustration towards Jim during games, uh, during timeouts. And, you know, this was ranging from last year. They've been having a bad relationship. And uh, Denzel Valentine, we all know about him being benched. And um, it was just an early November when we lost seven or ten games. And when Jim Boylan was asked why, you know, uh, is Valentine being benched? And Jim Boylan just replied with a cocky, because I said so. Which I challenged, you know, for for months, and why he would even make a response like that. So it would made me think it was personal. Um, I want to read y'all an article from Yahoo Sports. Jim Boylan's players apparently haven't spoken too kindly about him to the new Chicago Bulls executives in recent weeks. The Bulls' new front office, led by recently hired Vice President Arturis Karnasovas and General Manager Mark Eversley have been meeting with players and staff since they took over in Chicago last month while the league is on a hiatus due to the COVID-19 pandemic. When asked about Jim Boylan, several key players apparently ripped their head coach, according to the Chicago Sun-Times, Joe Kelly. Karnasovas and Eversley, per the report, are now leaning towards starting fresh with a new coach. However, they aren't expected to make any decisions until the NBA has figured out what to do with the remainder of the season which has been suspended since March 11th due to the coronavirus. The league is still no closer to determining a plan to do so. So this sounds like to me that Jim Boylan is out the door. And there were no, uh, numerous of reports that were saying the same thing, that were saying similar reports, stating similar reports. And if I had to guess, Jim Boylan is on his way out the door. And not only that, I, I believe that Arturis already had his mind on hiring Adrian Griffin. Uh, that's what I believe, and that's what I think will happen. But, um, and Jim Boylan, uh, and they, they said some play. there were some players that did say something positive about him. And we all seen, uh, what, two weeks ago, John Paxson actually vouched for Jim Boylan. And there was an article that was released from the Suntimes that was saying that, you know, there's a possibility that Jim Boylan might be staying. And Jim Boylan was kind of confident that he would be back. Um, mainly because he knew that the front office knew that he really was dedicated to the organization. And he had a pact with John Paxson and Gar Foreman, one of which is still here, which is John Paxson. And John Paxson vouched for Jim Boylan to keep him here. Um, also, there were a few players that did say some positive things about Jim Boylan. Based on those facts, um, it's safe to say that, you know, who would blame Jim Boylan for thinking he would be back? But there was some, uh, there was a comment made by a tourist as it regards to Jim Boylan in this article made by Yahoo Sports. And it stated, Arturo stated, my initial impression of Jim is he cares a great deal about this team. And he's as anxious as everyone else to get back in the gym. 
I'm going to do my comprehensive evaluation of every department and ensure I give the process the time it deserves. We are limited right now with what we can do because of the coronavirus shutdown. So until we go get to some level of normalcy, and I don't know what that looks like, we will not be able to fully access the current situation. So it sounds to me they haven't, you know, they, they basically want to make a change, um, but they have to wait, you know, and see what, what occurs. But I think Jim Boylan's gone. Um, I don't think he's shown any, you know, um, results as, as to why, you know, he should stay here. He hasn't done anything to prove his case of why he should be back. And I, I don't see him returning. Um, and it's, it's a, you know, it's a wild situation. And John Paxson, man, for him to vouch for Jim Boylan, I was really upset with that because I don't feel like Jim Boylan has proven himself, you know, thus far to be vouched for. And, you know, this we got to let go of this buddy system if Chicago is going to come back to, uh, is going to get back to the glory days. We can't just be hiring guys because they're our friends. And that's why, this is the reason why I felt so iffy about the Adrian Griffin hiring. Because we're hiring friends again. So they're holding people accountable. Um, but that's that, you know, the, we're going to have a diff- a new coaching change. Um, we're going to have a, a new head coaching staff, in my opinion. That's what I believe. And we're going to wait to see if that happens. So Dennis Rodman had a birthday yesterday, I believe, on the 13th of May. Uh, so shout out to Dennis Rodman. I believe it was his, what, 59th birthday or 58th. I believe it was his 59th birthday. And... um yeah, congrats to, to Dennis to Rod the Bard, you know, on uh, his birthday. And he was also uh, talked about in the, in the special, in the, in the tempo, a special documentary, The Last Dance. But I want to talk a little bit about Michael Jordan real quick before we end off the show because we are about, I am about to end it. But Shannon Sharp, man, um, I, first of all, I enjoy that show, Undisputed. I really like it. But I feel like they're ruining it because um, him and Skip have their biases, and I feel like they're not really running a show. They're basically running a show, uh, you know, filled with opinions. Skip loves his Dallas Cowboys, so you know we're always gonna hear about how he feels about his Cowboys. And Shannon Sharp is a Michael Jordan hater, and I'm a LeBron lover, and you know they never can, you know, be unbiased in their, in their you know, their takes. So, you know, I, I'm not really not enjoying that show these days, but um, to say Michael Jordan was a tyrant and, you know, he was all these different kind of things because, you know, he pushed his teammates and he wanted them to work hard and he punched Steve Kerr. Um, you know, first of all, the man apologized for that situation. He did call Steve Kerr and apologize and takes a band to do that and say that they're sorry. So that was a mistake. That wasn't meant to happen. But, you know, as far as, like, you know, calling his teammates names and pushing them and insulting them, you know, hey, listen, sometimes, you know, that's the type of leader that Michael Jordan was, you know. But I didn't expect, you know, to have any, you know, positive feedback because, you know, we're in the modern-day era and most, you know, people today, you know, analysts and sports people, they all love LeBron and they feel like this is his era. So... 
it would be it's natural for them to try to find some shots on Mike and try to pull him down. But I, I, I man, the goat debate was over long for me when um, LeBron switched teams three times. You know, that's when the GOAT debate was over for me. Michael Jordan never switched teams as much as LeBron has done. He's never lost in the finals. He's undefeated. And he has the highest um, points per game average in NBA history at 30 points per game. So I don't understand why this argument is still going on to this day. But this era and these analysts today feel like, you know, LeBron deserves to be in the GOAT decision, um, um, discussion. And I personally don't. But, you know, that's their word against mine. But, you know, there's a lot of facts in there. And um, we just seen LeBron at his lowest point, even in his prime. And I, I've never seen that from MJ. Only probably once against Orlando. And that was because he was coming from baseball and only had, like, what, less than a month to prepare for the NBA playoffs. And then he comes back the next year and sweeps that Orlando team to get revenge. And then he's never beaten again, wins three straight titles and retires again. So, um, I don't know. Michael Jordan was a, a winner, you know, and I can't question a winner, you know, when all they've done is win and show, show results. So, yeah, was Michael Jordan really a bad leader? To who? To whose uh, level of um, expertise was he a bad leader? You see, you got a lot of hypocrites in this game, man. Most of these critics and analysts... They were around when Michael Jordan played, and they grew up in that era. So how can you criticize the era? I don't think one thing Michael Jordan did as a leader was horrible, aside from what he said about Horace Grant, or said to him about the store, the store that's not feeding him because he didn't have a good game. Other than that, man, what he did was normal tactics back in the 90s. See, what the problem is, is this era is too damn soft, man. And I don't have a problem with it being soft, but the biggest problem I have about it being soft is people accepting how soft it is. People that are 30 and over that grew up in the 90s era and know how basketball, NBA basketball is really supposed to be played. See, these guys want to team up. They don't want any challenges. You know, they're getting, you know, respect for quitting and, and, and ditching their team to go to another team to team up to take the easy way out. What's the challenge when you have two other stars next to you? There is no challenge. So, you know, when it comes to that level of thinking, yeah, Michael Jordan was a bad leader if you look at him based on today's standards. But Michael Jordan perfected the game of basketball, and after he got past his demons, he never missed a beat. He never lost again. And not many NBA players can say that other than his time when he came back from baseball in 95 and other than his retired post-retirement years when he came back for the Wizards when he was over 40 years old when has Michael Jordan had a bad light have been seen in a bad light after getting past Detroit he hasn't so he should be set as the standard you know I think when people view Michael Jordan they look at a guy that is old times they don't know what those old times represent. LeBron James can easily be the best player in this era, but he refuses to do little things like take on the leadership role, take on the responsibility there, putting the game on his back, and taking the blame. No, he cries when he gets the blame. 
So yeah, that's just my my opinion on the Michael Jordan thing. I pe- pe- think people are overblowing this thing, calling him a tyrant and all of this. Man, listen, he did what he had to do to win. His team won more than everybody else. So maybe the people that's criticizing him never won on the elite level were never the best player on their teams. Shannon Sharp, you said you won something and you brought your Super Bowl title on the show. But that's football and you weren't the best player on your team. John Elway was. John Elway was the man of that team, just like Michael Jordan is the man on the Bulls. And while he didn't act the way Michael Jordan did, everybody has the different way of directing leadership. There's going to be a big thing for me to see the last two episodes of The Last Dance. But what about Reggie Miller at the end of episode eight, given his expertise? Uh, you all heard on episode 11, when I covered uh, the audio of him on the Dan Patrick show, where he said he was not going to, he didn't want to be a part of the show. So I was surprised to see him there. But maybe that's why he said it, to leave that uh, bit of surprise. But uh, this NBA season, the NBA is talking about possibly bringing the season back. Possibly, you know, having the playoffs start up, you know, right in May. But I think from what I stand, I think they're going to call off the whole season. And nobody could be more disappointed than LeBron James and Laker fans. Because, because none of them, none of them thought that the Lakers were going to lose this year, but I had the Clippers winning the whole thing. I just did. You combine Doc Rivers' expertise, his background of winning, along with those veterans and players that played together for a playoff series against the world. Man, the Clippers are overlooked majorly as far as from a, a confidence standpoint, a head coaching standpoint, a winning standpoint. They have a lot more winners on their side. So I'm going with the Clippers, but I can understand why they're not the most popular pick in L.A., the Lakers are and have been for years. The Clippers have been a joke for most of the time they existed. But since they got this new guy, um, Bomber, this new owner, Bomber, and got rid of the old racist owner, you know, things have looked on the up and up for them. It's no longer Lob City. It's more how to win games. And I respect where the Clippers are coming from. Uh, Jim Boylan... Um, back to him. Uh, it's going to be a pleasure for me to see. I, listen, I don't want anybody to get fired. But I just want the Bulls to get back to winning. And if they can do that with Jim Boylan, I would enjoy that too. But I want them back at the top, man. We've been down for too long. And the years that we, the final year that we went down, I felt like we had a great chance to win it if things would have went our way with the officials and that. 2015 Cavaliers versus Chicago Bulls series where we were up to one and the officials decided to, you know, uh, put their input into the game and rob us of some calls, put their stamp on that game and award Cleveland a, a fabricated timeout and, you know, it was over for the Bulls once the officials started to get butt in. This is my show. Um, I just wanted to cover uh, the coaching change that's possibly coming up. And I'm going to tell you guys this. This is going to be the key thing that's going to propel the Bulls. They they need a real good good coaching staff and they need a development team. 
which I told her said he's, he's going to be one of his number one priorities to bring in. That's my show. Thank you for joining me. Um, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at TalkingBulls82 and send me your emails at TalkingBulls82 at gmail.com. Thanks for joining me. Go Bulls. Good night, Bulls fans. What's up out there, Bulls fans? We're a new show and we're always looking to grow. How would you like to be a part of our show? Send us your comments through Twitter, at TalkingBulls82, or you can post your comments to this show, to the messenger of this show, and you can follow us at Spotify. We'd be glad to hear your thoughts.